0: Hi, welcome to our podcast, Two Truths and a Dirty Lie, a podcast about facts, figures, and weird things from the past. I'm your host, Deds, and I'm here with my co-host,
1: TMT. Um, TMT
0: is 30. Oh
1: my God,
0: are we doing this again? TMT, you're playing with stickers right now.
1: Yeah, I'm putting a sticker on my laptop.
0: I just, ugh. Well... Each week, <laughs> if you're new here, <laughs> each week I hit my co-host with three "quote unquote" facts, and he has to figure out what is true.
1: And he has a hundred percent success rate. So just ask anybody who's listened to the podcast over the last couple of years.
0: <laughs> I guess that's today's dirty lie, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. okay, welcome to the podcast.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us and listening to us. Have you ever just felt like something is trying to kill you? And by something, I mean Nigeria.
1: Once or twice.
0: Once or twice. And you just get back to back. Just Basquus.
1: Why? Well. we're recording this live from a false custody so
0: we're also recording late because we do not have lights (laughs) yeah those are the things that are trying to get us today but i'm going to talk about some people who survived some actual serious attempts on their life
1: wow let's go let's go let's go
0: today's two truths and a dirty lie number one the man once called the most unlikable soldier have ever walked into battle Aegean Cartoon Dewiat Survived a shot to the eye A shot to the head A shot to the ear A shot to the hip A shot to the stomach And a shot to the ankle What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I might be lying now Okay, fair enough <laughs> Number two It's like, when is not 50%? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, I should have added 50 cents to this video. <laughs> Number two, Michael Malloy, also known as Mike the Durable Iron Mike, survived multiple murder attempts on his life by five of his friends who fed him wood thinner, metal shavings, ran him over with a car and threw him out naked onto the streets in the middle of winter.
1: That's the four elements. Uh, <laughs> wood metal because <laughs> <is> air <laughs> I got you.
0: Um, and survived all the attempts nice and number three the woman who holds the world record for surviving highest fall without a parachute 10,160 meters Vesna Volovic was a Serbian flight attendant whose plane was bombed mid-air and um she fell 10,000 feet and survived.
1: I think the dirty lie yeah. is the guy who got shot nine times. Like the, guy, the guy who got shot in the beginning, <laughs> head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's was the dirty lie. I, is that a 50-cent song about being shot? No, he was shot nine times. I now. know, but yeah. I, does he say it? He I, was, I mean, it? he he mentioned the ones in passing, but like, there's no particular strong line that Stands out to me. Um, I think ten thousand feet is so ridiculous that it must be true. Cause why else would you even mention that? Okay. I think um Iron Mike is true because with wood dinner is just alcohol at the end of the day. And um, <laughs> you know, he's Irish, right?
0: Yes, so, Michael Malloy, that's a, yeah, an Irish man. Yeah, yes, so that's an Irish man. So yeah,
1: I can see I mean that. Um so let's go with the first one. Do you one.
0: know something? One. Okay, talking about Irish people, just be, like, strong, powerful.
1: No, I mean, I don't think they're strong or powerful. I just think they're really good at drinking. I think Irish people are genetically engineered to drink. <laughs> Irish people are Scottish people.
0: Fun fact.
1: More Guinness is drunk in Nigeria than in Ireland. Yeah, because we have more people in Nigeria than in Ireland.
0: No, I think it's because you drink more. <laughs> in case you're calling other people drunk, I don't want you to know I have a black man blood in me. (laughs) Okay, let's get into this. You're wrong. Um, Oh, no. I I just want to say... It was 10,000
1: feet, wasn't it? Because who would survive that?
0: You are wrong. Oh,
1: okay, it was 10,000. I'm still wrong.
0: You are still wrong.
1: It's wood thinner.
0: He did not survive in
1: the end. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Fair enough.
0: So, I will tell you the truth and then we'll hit you with the iron mic. By the way, like... I just want to say... There's just something about women... Because there's another teenage girl... Who fell... Like... Out of a plane... And survived... Her plane was trucked... With like... Let's go into this... Let's go into this... Okay... So... Um... <laughs> the first thing I ever read... About Adrian Carton de Is that... He may be the most... Unlikable soldier... To ever live... And... This man... Fought... Over the course of... Four wars... In six decades... He loved fighting, and I just want to say, like, this is a bit scary. I, I, I think he just loved killing people or oh, violence. Like, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that he just wanted to be a hero.
1: His name was Adrian Carter.
0: Adrian Carter De Riot. He
1: became, Oh, he became a general in the end. That's nice. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's nice for him.
1: <laughs> I panicked for a second because. It said he was born of Belgian and Irish parents. So, for a moment, I thought he was Belgian, <laughs> uh-huh. which is horrible.
0: He is Belgian.
1: No, he is Belgian, but I thought he was fighting for the Belgian army. He was fighting for the British army, wasn't
0: he? He also fought for, for the Belgians. Oh, he God.
1: Oh. Belgians. Uh, this isn't good. This mm-hmm. is a bad man.
0: Um, This is definitely a bad man. So, over the course of four conflicts, I didn't even tell you that he... I-, I thought if I added every single thing, he survived. You would think that was the lie Um, but he still thought it was a lie he sustained 11 grievous injuries which included being shot in the face the head the hand the stomach the leg the groin and the ankle he lost his eye and still went back into battle if that wasn't enough he survived more than one plane crash made multiple escape attempts from an italian prisoner of war camp and broke his back. Wow. And also, he ended up marrying an Austrian countess and they had two daughters and he wrote a memoir and does not mention them at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm looking at his quotes. Um, it says he, describing his experiences of the war he wrote, no. "Frankly, I had enjoyed the war." <laughs> End quote. I don't like people like this. <laughs>
0: He titled his memoir, The Happy Odyssey.
1: Oh, God.
0: He said that when war broke out between Britain and the two Boer states of South Africa in 1899, at that moment, I knew once and for all that war was in my blood. If the British didn't fancy me, I would offer myself to
1: the Boers. What type of
0: birthday? I would say this one is last week you said hero was yeah. a serial killer, this is I, a serial I, this
1: killer. Is. in his memoirs cut on the what what's a name God. wrote governments may think and say as they like but force cannot be eliminated. it's the only real and un- unanswerable power we are told that the pen is mightier than the sword but i know which of these weapons i would choose <laughs>
0: No, like, honestly, when he said he's probably the most unlikable soldier
1: ever, but guess what? I don't like it, Oh, guess what, guess
0: what, guess oh. what, guess what I found? What? So, he was born in 1860 to a Belgian aristocrat. Although, a rumor was circulated
1: oh around
0: the time of his birth God, that his
1: actual father... Don't say it... Don't say it. You
0: already know.
1: Don't say it. <laughs> Don't knows. tell me he's rumored. King f- Leopold II, oh. the, the King of Belgium, the, the worst ki- king in recent w- modern history.
0: The worst king, the genocidal king.
1: You know, I I was. I was Is this all making sense to you? Yeah, <laughs> I was at a party recently. And I was talking to this guy who was—he's like this Jewish guy who um, works in security, as they often tend to do in this part of the world Mm -hmm. and he was telling me he's lived nearly everywhere in africa and he was telling me about angola and all of that i was like what was i asked him what angola was what living in angola was like and he he told me that i know you know africa had a rough time with colonialism nigeria included but congo had the roughest time Mm -hmm. because of king leopold yeah that till today like you have congolese who um are so distrustful of white people?
0: You know how in our first episode we spoke about um, Patrice Lumumba? Yeah. You know that the Belgian government just returned his teeth uh, a couple of weeks ago? Oh gosh. Because after they killed him the Belgians dissolved his body in acid.
1: And they kept his teeth as a prize. And they kept
0: it as a trophy. Oh God. Like they're horrible all the cutting off of limbs and literal genocide it's it's scary but appara- it's rumoured it's rumored that King Leopold was his father and um, when this Adrian, I can't pronounce his last name for the life of me so when Adrian lost his eye, by the way he was shot in the eye and he lost his eye He said he honestly believed that the loss of the eye was a blessing because it allowed him to get out of Somaliland, where he was fighting the locals, of course, and get back to Europe, where he thought the real action was.
1: Wow.
0: He was shot twice in the face. He lost his left eye and part of his ear, his left ear. Also, apparently, he was fighting, so he was fighting the Somali leader, Mohammed Abdullah Hassan, who was dubbed Mad Mullah
1: by the Brits. Sounds like a young money rapper.
0: That's what I was going to say. Like That sounds like <laughs> I could make your bed rack. <laughs> that does not sound like a king's...
1: Mad Mullah baby. <laughs>
0: yeah, but apparently Mad Mullah used to punish soldiers who lost battle by castrating them for failure. Yeah, so not a lot of great people on either side of this one Yeah, bad legs, um, bad legs on both
1: Yeah, so
0: after Adrian lost his eye and his ear and survived plane crashes He went on to lose his hand What? According to his own memoirs, he tore off two of his own fingers after the doctor wouldn't amputate them Later that year, a surgeon removed his now mangled hand entirely, because he was fighting in the trenches in, 19, in World War One in 1915 um, for the Western Front. I just want to say, like, this sounds like a psychopath.
1: He is a psychopath.
0: Undeterred, by the way, by the loss of his whole hand, he went back into battle. And people, men recall seeing the one-handed man pull pins from grenades with his teeth and then fling them over with his one good hand into enemy territory.
1: I don't like that. Yeah. His closest cousin became the prime minister of Belgium. Of
0: course he did.
1: And then his other closest cousin became (laughs) director of, guess... Not the CIA. No. The largest bank in Belgium at the time. So his two closest cousins... Was one was the most politically powerful person in Belgium, and the other was the most what financially oh my powerful God. person in Belgium? Not uh. the richest, but he controlled the largest bank in Belgium.
0: My mouth has been open for the last ten seconds because,
1: I... yeah, this was a, he was he was just a very privileged bad person. He's described by his um, male friends as to describe him. They said there wasn't a bad word in the English dictionary that he didn't use. Of course. Yeah. So he just swore a lot. He liked fighting. He liked playing sports, and he liked killing people.
0: And unbelievably, Adrian Carton de Wiart lived until the age of eighty-three. Eighty-three.
1: It's the wicked ones that lived longer.
0: Eighty-three. And I
1: think Nigeria teaches us that. Uh, yeah. You can't outlive your problems. You- <laughs> Oh my god, you can't. Someone, <laughs> they run for president over and over <laughs> and over. I have and over. no
0: comment, Tim Tyo. You're not pulling me down that road. <laughs> I'm sorry, and you're not comparing them to Adrian. <laughs> the world,
1: I'm just saying, who
0: died peacefully at the age of 83 in his who, sleep. Do you know
1: who else loved war? Matt Jack. <laughs> like, do you know what? how old he was when he died? 89.
0: That is true. Yeah, we, we did
1: just learn about Matt Jack yeah. last week.
0: Oh, even Hero Onuda died of, like, old age yeah. in his 80s, yeah. right? And dude was in the jungles
1: in the jungle. of
0: the Philippines for 30 years, just mudding people off. Yeah. Yeah, so you were wrong. That was true. Let's get to our second truth of the day. Okay. So, the second truth is that Vesna Vulevic, a Serbian flight attendant holds the Guinness World Record for surviving the highest fall without a parachute, 10,160 meters or 33,330 feet. She was the sole survivor after a briefcase bomb exploded in the baggage compartment of a flight on January 26, 1972. They suspected that Croatian nationalists were to blame, but no one was ever arrested following the bombing she spent days in a coma she was hospitalized for several months and she was she had a fractured skull three broken vertebrae broken legs broken rib fractured pelvis so she had severe injuries and she was temporarily paralyzed from the waist down but she made an almost complete recovery like she walked with a limp until she died in 2016 at the age of 66 But um She made like essentially a full recovery She w- returned to work At Jat Airways Which was the airline she was working for At the time And she became kind of a national hero And a uh, celebrity in Yugoslavia
1: Right
0: She also was fired From the airlines In the 1990s Because she took part in anti-government protests So it was
1: because of I am a bad
0: landing. Uh, They need to beat you. (laughs) How do you come up with these things in your head? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so she was fired because she was a pro democracy activist. Like, how do you fire her?
1: Honestly.
0: I just don't know. The same airline. Like, she. I don't understand. Like, this is what you get for being loyal to a company.
1: They'll fall your hand eventually.
0: All the time. Like literally. They will always choose themselves first. If a company, if you come into a company and says, Where are your new family? Run. <laughs> don't look back. That is some scary stuff.
1: Here at Hell Incorporated, where we like a family. <laughs> you know, that's what it's not really an office thing. So if you don't want a new brother and sister, just this is not the place for you. This is your new home.
0: Yeah, so It was thought that she was able to survive because she was pinned by the food carts that you have on the plane when the explosion went off. And because she was trapped by the food cart, it was able to kind of cushion her fall. And the person who found her was a villager because they crashed, you know, in a village um, in a Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia?
1: You were right the first time
0: that gig village um, and the villager who found her had actually been a medic during the second world war um so he was able to keep her he had heard her screams and he was able to keep her alive until the paramedics arrived I heard about her story but a story that blew my mind is that there was a teenager who survived a fall of 9,843 feet her name was Julianne Copica? and she was a german peruvian teenager she was 15 wow so it was also a flight but their flight was not blown apart by terrorists it was hit by lightning which is crazy that's
1: is, that is genuinely insane
0: that's actually insane um but the strangest not the strangest thing the most mind-blowing thing about julian's story which i found obviously it's not as uh the fall is just not as high as you know, Veznas. But she fell 9, over 9,000 feet into the Amazon rainforest and then survived for another 11 days alone.
1: Wow. Wow. This reminds me of a story of this, of this pilot whose plane got damaged in the air during a storm and he jumped out of the plane to deploy his parachute and he struck by lightning like five times on his way down. <laughs> just, he's just fighting for his life just be constantly what? struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. does he survive he, su- he survived yeah what Yeah.
0: But, so okay basically she hadn't even graduated from high school and her mother wanted to go to Panguana but her daughter wanted her to go to Lima they shall go back and forth they now agree to go on this flight her dad had told her mom don't book that flight like they have a bad record they're like the let me not say an airline in Nigeria but you know you know like an airline that you know flies domestic doesn't really have a good safety record please don't fly that one but the mom still booked the flight the plane was struck by lightning and it started to disintegrate mid-air and plummeted to the ground now Julianne was strapped into her seat so scientists believe that Because she was strapped into her seat and the row she was on, all the seats stayed intact. That those seats kind of acted as some sort of parachute for her. She only broke her collarbone.
1: So she could walk after that.
0: Guy, she only broke her collarbone. And then she became some kind of like, in her own words, jungle kid. Learning to survive off the land. Because mind you, she was in the Amazon rainforest. She dealt with severe insect bites, a maggot infestation in her wounded arm, and she gave herself rudimentary first aid by pouring gasoline on the maggot infestation.
1: What? She had a good brain. Bro. Also, I just remember the guy who fell through the thunderstorm, his name was William Rankin. He parachuted from a malfunctioning jet into a violent thunderstorm. And um, yeah, he just kept getting... Struck by lightning and he somehow survived.
0: And like, was he normal after that? Uh,
1: no, he was not normal after that. <laughs> I mean, he was okay. He was functional, but he obviously like he had to get to a hospital.
0: No, I mean, was he normal? Like, like his body was working. Yeah, like yeah everything was good after. Could walk, yeah. could talk,
1: cognitive, all of that. Yeah, cognitive he was good. functioning. Good. He was. He was fully good after. He's one of the only two known people on the planet to f- um, survive a fall from the top of a I don't want to mess this up it's called a cumulonimbus. Oh. I've definitely <laughs> messed that up I know Nimbus is cloud Cumulonimbus Thunderstorm yeah and the other was a girl called Iwa a girl yeah of um, course she was a German paraglider Iwa
0: I know what I, I was right going that. to say that there's something about these Slavic women <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just small rain for them.
0: Because have you seen these TikToks of these women who just like go and lie in the middle of the Arctic and just they're just like, oh no, this is summer in Sweden. <laughs> so this, is, this is a vibe. This is a vibe. So yes, that one is true. And like a lot of people just could not really believe Julian's story. Which like I understand. Like you fall out of the sky. She wrote a book actually called...
1: So wait, did they think she landed? When, when I fell of. from
0: the sky. No, but it's not... It's like you fall out of the sky... Have a wounded arm, you're in the middle of the Amazon rainforest for 11 days before you find an encampment. Like, it's a double survival story. It's it. she a. Di- it's a. It. Even triple. Survive the lightning strike, survive your plane disintegrating in midair, survive the fall, and then survive being in the Amazon.
1: 11 days.
0: Bro, I would have lost mama <laughs>
1: <laughs> at, at, at what at what point would even if enough?
0: my car breaks down between Epe and Aja, i can lose my mind <laughs> so if, my, if, talk less of amazon rainforest
1: yeah
0: oh my goodness but yeah and she was not even done with high school incredible
1: okay so he goes back to school and she has to write a composition on what her summer <laughs> holiday was like.
0: Did you need to do this? At yeah.
1: But imagine her writing hers and the teacher is just like, "Dude, just stop watching cartoons."
0: <laughs> yeah, but she survived. So and she then becomes a mammologist. A
1: mammologist.
0: Someone who studies bats.
1: No, I thought it was going to be mummies or something. No, um, that's an archaeologist.
0: Well, mammalogy is like someone who studies mammals, so not just bats. Oh, but nice. she—it's not
1: mom. I thought it was M U.
0: No, mammalogy, mammalogy. Okay. I get it. Um, she like focused on bats, I guess. Number three, Iron Mike, Mike the Durable, Michael Malloy. Now, the first thing to know about Michael Malloy is that he was an Irish man, a homeless Irish man from County Donegal in Ireland, who emigrated to New York in the 1920s. And um, Malloy was homeless, alcoholic, and unemployed. He was known about town, because, you know, so this time in America is when they had... Prohibition. Yes, this is the Prohibition era, right? So he's known in speakeasies. So Prohibition era, if anyone doesn't know, is when the sale of alcohol was banned completely in the united states of america and so you had speakeasies which were these like secret bars where people would still go and drink so he was known in like the sleaziest speakeasies because this is a man who does not really have money as someone who is just like constantly drunk like and so these are already shadowy establishments and they were usually run by shadowy individuals right because you're running an illegal bar essentially in the prohibition era so he was going to a bar that was run by Tony Marino, which sounds already like a mafia man.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: And Joseph Red Murphy, Francis Pasqua, and Daniel Kreisberger, who become some type of crew in this um, in Tony Marino's bar, and they were sitting around one day, and they were like times are hard it's the prohibition era there's a great depression there's no work there's no money and they strike up this idea let's kill that drunk guy Michael who's like always drunk like we can probably just get him to drink himself to death and cash out on an insurance policy on his life so this group of men go to different Insurance agencies around New York and collected an insurance policies on Michael Malloy's life under wait. the name Nicholas Malloy.
1: Right. So, were they okay? So they pretended to be his sibling.
0: So they d- they pretended to different life insurance agents. They pretended different things. Obviously, they also went to some like shady kind of guys. They say his name is Nicholas Malloy, and they go. They say, oh, this is my close cousin or my close friend, and I'd like to collect an insurance policy on his life. In case of accidental death. And they stood to gain what would be equivalent to about $73,000 in today's money. Okay. Um, if Malloy had died of an accidental death. Now, Tony Marino, who owned the speakeasy, gives Michael Malloy a job to clean the speakeasy. Because he's like, you're always here. You don't really have that much money, so you can work for your alcohol. This is obviously a ploy, right? So they give him a job tony gives him this job so he's always at the speakeasy and obviously he's drinking more than he's all sweeping the floors (laughs) um because he's a drunk and they give him unlimited credits i'm gonna keep saying they instead of just say tony marino because tony marino and red and nicholas like they all sat down and decided that they were gonna do this thing together so it's not just tony but that Doing this. So Tony Mm. gives him unlimited credit. He's like, Oh, you're sweeping my floors now, so you can drink whatever you want. If it's too good to be true, it must be. It probably is. They imagined that once he had unlimited credit, he would drink himself to death. And although Malloy drank for a majority of the day and night, it did not kill him. Tony Marino then replaced Malloy's liquor with antifreeze. But Malloy continued to drink this with no problems. Antifreeze is what they use in all these like snapped murder cases <laughs> on Crime and Investigation channel. and um,
1: Malloy was probably meant to live forever. He was just
0: drinking it and it did not kill him. There's some scientific explanations about maybe he just had so much alcohol in his liver that it blocked the absorption of the antifreeze. But after this, they replaced the antifreeze with turpentine, which is wood thinner. Um, That didn't kill him. Then they added horse liniment. They added some crazy stuff.
1: Mm.
0: He still didn't die. Finally, they added rat poison to his alcohol. (laughs) He still did not die. Now, at this point, like, if you are trying to kill someone, I don't know. But I'm thinking, if you've gone through all these stages, like, maybe you just give up. Like, maybe this is a... If you don't believe in God, you must believe in something that's telling you, like, what are you doing? (laughs) But for them, right, they're paying into this insurance policy. So they're like, this guy was there. And he's refusing to die. At some point in time, they give him shots of wood alcohol which is pure methanol again did not kill him <laughs> something that's really really horrible about this is that he thinks these people are like his friends like he thinks i'm sitting down chilling with these guys and we're drinking together and he doesn't know that these five men in the bar with him
1: are trying to kill him are
0: trying to kill him He's just he thinks he's having the time of his life. Like he's like I've never had drinks this good before. He's like, what did you give me yesterday? That was good. (laughs) (laughs) That hit. (laughs) So they feed him pure methanol, and he's drinking and drinking and drinking. And they're like, okay, this is, I mean, ethanol then methanol. Like this is gonna do it, right? And um, he passes out, and they think, oh, perfect. Like he's definitely gonna die this time. And they're getting ready to celebrate them finally killing him they just hear him snoring
1: <laughs> what, what a legend what they just hear
0: him start snoring
1: and they're like okay um
0: he's gonna sleep off methanol wood alcohol wow they're like okay maybe this is not gonna cut it like maybe the alcohol is not gonna kill him okay you know what let's combine this alcohol with something else they get him drunk as usual take off his clothes dump him in the snow and pour water on his chest hypothermia is gonna set in. like his death's gonna die he does not he's just taken to a homeless shelter and the thing about it why did he keep going back to this place where bad things kept happening to him and I'm just thinking, well, he's a drunk. Like, bad things probably usually do happen to him. Yeah. No matter where he goes. Like, he's probably thinking, oh, I got drunk. I ended up shot topless. Oh, what a night. <laughs> he
1: probably thought he was just really unlucky.
0: Yeah. And it, it's it's really horrific
1: that these people are doing this to him.
0: After this doesn't work, they're starting to get impatient. Because as I say, they're paying into this insurance. So they decide to hire a taxi driver. The taxi driver's name was Mr. Green and they hold Malloy up by both sides and they hit Michael Malloy with this taxi. His body rolls into a ditch and then as they are about to get his body from the ditch, a car drives by and they get freaked out and they run away. And so they're looking for this man in the hospitals. They're looking for him everywhere, right?
1: Let me guess, he's back at the bar.
0: (laughs) No, no. So they look for um, Michael Malloy everywhere, right? So for three weeks they're like shh. they're like, Wow. We done this whole thing. Like now we have a dead guy but we have no body. So they start looking for another person to kill to then who looks like Michael Malloy, who they can then pass off as Michael Malloy. Yeah. So on the day that they're planning to kill this other person Michael Malloy walks up into the bar like, yo! Guess what? I've been at the hospital. Could not remember a thing.
1: Then what happened? Well, they
0: finally managed to kill Malloy. They put a hose in his mouth and connect it to a coal gas jet and turn it on and kill him with um, carbon monoxide poisoning. Managed to kill Malloy. And The thing about this that is, I'd say, quite horrible is that a lot of people who frequented the bar knew about this plot, but like didn't say anything. Like, they're like, oh yeah, I hear they're trying to kill that guy at the corner. Like, what? But yes, they managed to kill Malloy. That's why it's a lie. He survived a lot, including, by the way, a sandwich with. Rotten sardines and metal shavings and apparently after he ate the sandwich he asked for more.
1: Not like Michael Alloy, <laughs> All right.
0: Oh uh. Uh-huh.
1: It was right there.
0: I wanted to hit something on your head right now. I sound violent. I wanted to throw yeah. you away. With I mean it. it's been a violent episode. It has been a violent episode. But yes. Thank you guys so 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 much for listening to this week's episode. That is our episode. Um this has been Two Truths and a Dirty Lie with Dez
1: and TMT.
0: Remember, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and at the Dirty Lie Podcast on Instagram and at the Dirty Lie Podcast on Twitter. Have a lovely week.
1: Bye, guys.